Welcome to We Love Lucy. I'm Allison Werma. I'm Corinne Eckhart. And I'm Molly Lyons. Today we're talking about The Courtroom, which aired November 10th, 1952. This episode upset me. Really? Spoilers. I was upset. Oh my goodness, feelings. What happens when the Fantastic Four breaks up? This felt like a divorce. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like as a child of this marriage between the four of them, I felt like I didn't like mommy and daddy and mommy and daddy fighting. (laughs) The Ricardos buy the Mertz as a television set for their 25th wedding anniversary. When Ricky accidentally breaks it, Fred breaks the Ricardos TV and both couples end up suing each other. That's how I deal with my friends. Mm-hmm. That's the American dream. It's just the freedom to sue at will. You and I have been to court many a time. <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about is that the Mertz's 25th wedding anniversary in season one, it was they were celebrating their 18th wedding anniversary. Earlier this season, they said they'd been married for 22 years. So <laughs> continuity all over the place. Lots of discrepancies here. But also, I feel like they probably were like, well, Fred and Ethel are a lot older, so we're going to make it 25, which I, how old do you think they were when they got married? In their 20s? 22, 23, 24? I think she was in her 20s. Maybe 19, just a young gal. Yeah. Where's Ethel from, by the way? I don't know. I feel like she's from the Midwest. I believe Vaudeville. that. I would believe that. Where, Corinne? Vaudeville. Vaudeville. <laughs> the land of Vaudeville. St. Louis. I think she's from, like, Minnesota. Just like Rose from Golden Girls. Oh, is that true? Yeah. As you know, I'm obsessed with Golden Girls because it's all I've been watching because seven seasons is a lot to get through. But Rose, all Rose talks about is being from St. Olaf, Minnesota, and all the Norwegian people up there. It gets a little bit crazy. Talking about, like, Vikings and, like, gets herring. Crazy. Yeah. Which I didn't even know herring was a... Is that a fish or... It's a fish. Is this chicken what I'm eating, or is it fish? It's herring. It's herring. So I think they they probably kept upping the anniversary to make it seem like they're older. Yeah. Well, apparently from now on, they'll say 25 years, I think even through multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's strange to skip so many years in such a short amount of time at the beginning of a show. Well, and the other thing is like weird about it is they keep referencing how long that couple's been married. And then also they talk about how long the Ricardos have been married. So I'm like, this is inconsistent. In so many ways, because if it's like, if we've moved three years ahead of time in this marriage, how are they still at 11 years or whatever? Yeah. I don't think anyone is really tracking it at this point. Also, do you get your friends gifts for their anniversaries? You know, like my parents, I'll get cards and, you know, I always wish my brother and sister-in-law a happy anniversary, but I don't think I would buy them. A television. Yeah, it's be one thing. Although twenty five is a pretty big anniversary. If there were, if they were throwing a party, yeah, you'd bring them a gift. But yeah, I don't think like even my parents. We don't get them gifts. They give each other gifts on their anniversary. Exactly. None of our business. So this was based on episode number forty nine of My Favorite Husband. Shout out to Lucy's radio program. The episode was titled Television, and it aired. June 17th, 1949. So maybe they thought three years later, people wouldn't remember the same story. Oh, my god! But gosh. we do. Also, 70 years later. <laughs> so the weird thing I'm noticing in the episodes this season so far, and it's not a weird thing. It's just interesting. Is there are a lot of, I'm, I'm noticing similarities in storylines from this show that show up in Friends. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So... It's very funny to me that, like, literally the moving of an awkward piece of furniture down the stairs mm-hmm. by a couple who are bickering, Martha Kaufman and David Crane, like, and the gang at Friends, like, they owe so much to this show. Like, whenever they got lazy, maybe they just put on old episodes of I Love Lucy. 
Seriously, I think if you're ever stuck with like a pilot or something, just watch an old episode to feel inspired. Right? Because sometimes the beauty is in the simplicity of the story. Totally. I, and that they spent five five minutes in the stairway. Yeah. <laughs> in the weird stairway set, by the yes, way. Yes, that's what I wrote down. I was like, this is a new and odd stage because the camera was really weird too because it was like pretty close because they didn't want i mean it was probably just like on a bare stage you know not full not a full set it was also very high so you didn't see you saw their feet as the bottom of the frame which (laughs) left a bunch of like a bunch of empty wall at the top that was very strange the composition wasn't great. It's definitely, you can tell, like, this was in the early days of TV where it's like, we haven't figured out how to do this yet, so we're just sort of going to do the best we can. Well, that's like even, I always feel like it's very jarring when they do close-ups in the show, because mm-hmm. um, it always is a little bit fuzzy, right? and we don't see it that much, so it feels strange. It's like a new angle that exactly. they... Yeah. yeah. That being said, that scene was the funniest part of the episode for me, the two of them trying to get it down the stairs was oh. just so amusing to me. Well, I kept thinking, like, who is Ross and who is Rachel? <laughs> like, Lucy. Ross is Lucy. He pulls faces. Yeah, but... He's more clownish. Rachel says she got... She she has it, she has it, and then she lets the couch fall right. over the side, and I feel like that's a little bit of Lucy is like, the weight's up here, the mm-hmm. weight's up here. Yeah, that's true. I was waiting for the pivot. <laughs> or like something in Spanish that Ricky yeah. kept repeating. Yeah. When he said I should have stayed in Cuba, that, that was, was the best. Amazing. Yes. Also, I really, I don't know, maybe this sounds silly, but a word that they used in that exchange, which I'm like, I feel like that's a very contemporary word that we use all the time now, but like talking about something being awkward, mm. they were like holding this big thing, and they're like, this is awkward. And it's like, we talk about things being socially awkward all the time, but this is like something being physically awkward. And I was like, oh, that's it's just it was strange to me to think about how that word is different now. Yeah. Because we use that word all the time. And I don't think that's what they meant. Also, how much could a TV weigh? Yeah, the, like, good question. That's a big box. Yeah, and the TV itself is kind of small in the box, right? Because mm-hmm. the screen's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Well, did it get delivered to their house? Like, how did it get into their house? Yes. It was delivered there? She had it delivered upstairs, which is what Ricky complains about. Right. Oh, so going back to the top of that where they're getting ready, and she comes out and she's like... (gasps) Ugh. She enters the room like we all should enter rooms. In a flourish? Yeah. Making entrances. And I think she, what is she she's like, I'm getting gussied up. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. I'm going to get gussied up and you can pick me up at seven. Right. That sounds like something Blanche, again, something Blanche from Golden Girls would say. I like Blanche Dubois. Like <laughs> Blanche De- Devereaux? <laughs> yeah. Dubois. Like, all Blanches are the same. Yeah. That's, That's like the classy Blanche, southern lady name. All Blanches are created equal. Um, but I got to say that dress was amazing, mm-hmm. like we've discussed, but also the collar was very Elizabethan. Mm. Yeah. She's a queen. She comes out and... I want to know when this entered the cultural lexicon, but... Oh, yeah, wolf whistle. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> that's what it's called. I don't like it. No? Can you whistle with two fingers in your mouth? No, I can't do that. This is just embarrassing, but uh, when I was 12 and we were at sleepaway camp, we all were trying to be funny, and we were like, we're going to name our boobs, <laughs> our like, very sure. early burgeoning bodies, and I named mine... <laughs> Like, the names I gave my breasts. Oh, my God. As a 12-year-old. That's very funny. Thank you. So they give the Mertzes the television, and they're all excited. Mm -hmm. And it's such a sweet moment. Ethel's carrying a tiny cake. 
I know. Oh, that's right. It's like that Mrs. Lewis gave her. Off-screen Mrs. Lewis. Some recurring characters. Mrs. Lewis, I hope she had a date that night. I hope she had a lot going on. Maybe that. Maybe that's why the cake is so small, because she didn't have that much time, because she now has a very active, swishing act, life. A full social calendar. Mm-hmm. Vance card is full. Yeah, I love her. So then we go inside, and Ricky won't let Fred operate his own gift. Did they have a TV prior? This would have been their first TV. I've seen mixed messages on that. Obviously, we're not watching every episode, so I'm not 100% sure if we've ever seen. If there's an episode that the Mertzes had a television, I think they may have had one already. Mm -hmm. But I guess our viewers will have to fact check me on that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the thing that seemed strange to me, there's like weird issues of class going on. That's what bothered me as well, because the Ricardos know that the Mertzes have less money than them. Yeah. Which is why, like, it's very gen- it's a generous gift, no matter how you slice it, but it's like this couple that is older than you, that you rent an apartment from, you are showering on them this huge gift on their anniversary that they would never be able to give to each other. And it just seems so odd to me. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it about them. Right. I mean, maybe it should have been, like, a birthday gift for one of them although that would have been extremely generous but maybe fred has a milestone birthday 75 or something (laughs) or like 85 (laughs) how old is fred exactly 100 he has a hundred year old birthday i just think like or don't buy your friends a a huge gift yeah that would be like if i was like hey corinne i bought you a car or like a puppy i'd accept it I mean, yeah, but it would still be weird of me. (laughs) No, I wouldn't accept that. Are you crazy? Have you ever received a really strange gift? A big gift? Strange. Strange or big or just like... That made you say, I can't accept this? Like, or want to say that? The love of a man. I got... (laughs) I I mean, I got a decent amount of money at graduation from a family member that I was like, this is the biggest check I've ever seen written at 18 years old. Mm. And that was a little awkward. Trying to think. I don't know. I don't think I have. No. But not a strange. I don't think I've gotten a strange present. Strange, large. Also, didn't the first episode we ever see revolve around the Mertz's anniversary? Well, perhaps mm-hmm. you could argue then that the anniversary is cursed because in that episode, Fred and Ethel got in a huge fight. In this True. episode, they get in a fight with the Ricardos. So maybe that's what we're seeing. That's very in line with sort of. Fred's take on marriage and it being the worst day of his life. Yeah. So well, maybe that's probably. what he deserves. So we're in this scene where Ricky won't let Fred touch the TV and he's being a real control freak. Mm-hmm. He, he, Fred is going to touch it eventually. Yeah. And it's his TV. He's not going to call Ricky. Or maybe he will. Who knows? Maybe he will call Ricky to come operate it. Yeah. Help me with the wavy lines. Or on the maybe it's just an early version of like old people don't know how to work technology. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like I can't get my iPad to turn on. But it turn it off and turn it on again. Again, fixes everything. But it doesn't make any sense because imagine if you gave someone a gift and then just played, kind of played with it in front of them. You know, like if you gave like your nephew a gift that was like toy trains and then you just played with the trains and didn't let them touch the trains. Is there something wrong with that, Chris? <laughs> when my parents got my brother's the original Nintendo back in the 80s, they said that before they wrapped it up for Christmas, they took it out and they played with it. And they had never like really played video games like that. And they're like trying to figure That's out so how to cute. do it. Yeah. When the TV is broken, they turn the TV around and... 
they were like, saying that it was all wavy, but you can't see any picture. Yeah, it was like not even on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another yet another continuity issue. The Mertzes got so mad. It was insane to see couple versus couple like this because I don't think we've ever really seen that before. It's girls versus boys most Always. of the time. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of like Lucy versus Ricky with Ethel helping. Mm-hmm. Right. It was, it escalated very quickly. <laughs> and also, like, I think part of it is because they were so excited to finally have a nice TV. Like, that was dangling such a carrot in front of them. Like, if, if they're not wealthy, like, that's so, so cruel. Well, Ricky. I don't know why he thought he was experienced enough to fix it himself. Band leader slash electrician. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah what is hair school? Like <laughs> he well he was fixing the chassis or whatever in uh, that one episode a couple uh, last season too. Yeah. Apparently he thinks the classic man thinking he knows what he's doing but not actually not willing to stop and ask for directions. Mm-mm. It did feel like that. Um, that happy endings moment where Dave and Brad think that Jane's character has like challenged them as men to do the work themselves and they don't hire an electrician. They're also like working on outlets in the wall. Yeah. And I think one of them gets shocked because they <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. Right, right. And they end up like not having electricity or like anything in their apartment. Because, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like that. I mean, it, it, the, the phrase I kept thinking of while watching it was like boys and their toys. When somebody's like, ooh, I have a fancy new car and they like think they know how to fix a car because they bought one. It's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, but they just want to play with it and like look at it and like show it off. At least it's a trope that gets repeated in television a lot where you just see male characters thinking they can fix things and don't need to hire mm-hmm. a handyman or an electrician or mm-hmm. a plumber. Right. And then most of the time it goes horribly wrong because mm-hmm. they're inexperienced. Yeah, the Mertzes like went off on Ricky and Lucy, which I get that, you know, they gave them this gift and Ricky kind of ruined it. But at the same time, to say that you're going to sue someone for ruining a gift that they got you just feels very aggressive aggressive and materialistic and just like crappy i mean i understand i'm sort of on ethel and fred's side until fred destroys their tv well they so they have that zoom in on fred's face moment that we were talking about (laughs) where it's like realization like (laughs) look at fred's face (laughs) this very odd shot where he's like clearly trying to mimic a light bulb going off and then he just runs out of the room, which is a crazy reaction. Fred's never moved so fast in his life. <laughs> so true. <laughs> also, the Mertzes said something about Ricky's grubby Cuban paws. Yeah, it got very racial. Very yeah. yeah. And that actually is a theme in this episode because they bring it up in court as well. Yep. Um, oh, she calls him what? Senor Know-it-all. Senor Know-it-all. And then something about him being Cuban. Yeah. I was like, this is... You know, Cubans and their TVs. (laughs) Classic stereotype. Well, Lucy's like, he can put his his Cuban paws wherever he wants. You're like, yeah, sister. I'm like, well, we know that's your philosophy, (laughs) and that's great. So Fred runs up, and he just pops his foot into the television. Yeah, that was fierce. So can you destroy it that easily? First, definitely not today. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, now they're so thin. Well, and they're made in a different way. Because it used to be like there was a bulb in the back and it was like all projected on the inside of the screen. So it's like a completely different machine, essentially, from anything that's been in use while we've been alive. Yeah. Some of the reading I did online suggested that the glass was pretty thin in the 50s. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely possible. Although those were clearly prop 
TV sets with like the back was made of cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> four boards and two loose wires. Well, and also yeah, like the fact is like, oh, it's just these two like exposed wires or like the entire setup of this machine. I'm was like, there an electrical consultant on this episode? One would one would ma- imagine probably not. <laughs> there were like, there were some pyrotechnics that happened. It's true. I was I felt unsafe. A lot of people in 1952 purchased their first television set. This was the first time their household bought one. And most of these people bought one in 52 to watch the Democratic and Republican national conventions, which were broadcast on TV for the first time in July. That's exciting. In the same year, Lucy and Desi appeared in print ads for GE's Black Daylight Ultravision set to try to sell more TVs. Mm. Oh, a GE GETs. That makes sense. Other things, because this is something I find we're asking a lot when we are talking about money in the context of this show. In 1952, a brand new 20-inch television manufactured by General Electric would cost $300. Factoring for inflation, that would be around $2,717.06. So that's like what it costs to get like a... I don't know how much TVs cost, guys. I'm a cord cutter. I watch everything online. Mm -hmm. But like a nice TV has to cost around that, right? Like a plasma. If I, for your birthday, was like, I'm going to give you $2,700. Yeah, it's a lot. That's and, that's a huge gift, yeah. That's weird. Like, why did they do that? And then if Ricky's always on Lucy about the household accounts and spending, like, that seems like a frivolous expense for them. Seems excessive. How much Although perhaps rent- their language of love is... Giving. Give as gifts. And then I would feel super indebted to Ricky right. and Lucy, and I, I'd feel really guilty. Like, I just... Yeah. Well, I certainly wouldn't storm upstairs and break their television. Right. That's Fred's language of love. Ruining everything. (laughs) At the end, they're just basically each giving. They're like, "Oh, we each have to now spend almost like we've spent three hundred dollars or almost three thousand dollars today." They would have saved a lot more money having just split the cost of repairing the first Fred's TV. Yeah, but also maybe she was like, "Oh shit, we spent so much money on giving them this TV. That was a horrible idea to begin with. I can't spend any more money on repairing it." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So there's this moment after Fred and Ethel storm out where they, they're saying they're going to sue each other. And mm-hmm. then Ethel comes back. She knocks on the door. Lucy opens it. And Ethel goes, thanks for the present. <laughs> and then Lucy goes, thank you. And they <laughs> scream at each other, but they're still so polite about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Ethel had to return to just say thank you right. because it hadn't been covered yet. I feel like maybe that means this fight is more between Ricky and Fred. And then the ladies right. are standing by their men. Well, and I think it's an interesting thing in terms of it showing us marriages where, like, you have to kind of always, the rules are you have to be by your spouse, mm-hmm. even if it's, like, kind of crazy. They're acting crazy. In sickness and in health, in right and in wrong. In, like, lunacy and in lucidity. In televisions like, and... <laughs> it's just bonkers. Well, then Ricky, conversely, Ricky abandons that principle often. He does, Because he works against Lucy a lot of the time. Right. Like during the operetta when they wouldn't let her sing. <laughs> During anything, when he won't let her, like, leave the house or talk to people. Or meddle in other people's affairs. I love or meddling. Or spend money. Uh, so when Lucy slams the door at the end of that scene, the photo, the picture frame falls off the wall. And Lucille Ball, you can you can barely glimpse half of her face, but she looks real startled. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that was planned. Right. <laughs> it was perfect. It feels like karma. I feel like that's what happens when you slam doors. Like, things are just going to break. Well, also, a nice painting. Also, they're, like, set walls, so they're... 
Right. It's like, yeah, it's like one piece of wooden board that's held up by like arches. <laughs> oh, wait. And then we forgot the, the bit at the top where it's not every day like you celebrate your 25th wedding anniversary. Like, oh, that's such a long time, like 25 years. And then he's like, oh, 25 years. <laughs> and he's like, oh, but of being married to Ethel. And I was like, can we like not throw Ethel under the bus right now? <laughs> Leave Ethel alone. <laughs> like, Seriously girl could use a break and there like there is just so much shade coming at her from all sides ethel does no nothing to nobody why (laughs) is everyone attacking her she's the scapegoat of like all people's problems she is she is and i mean does she let people walk over her all over her she does a little bit she is a little bit doormatty and like yes man and i don't know but she doesn't deserve to be talked about when she's not in the room no She doesn't deserve to be shaded. But then also the other thing we learned today is that, like, in addition to considering himself an electronic specialist, Ricky is also an amateur attorney, deeply into legal practices. And also will just let any fan come to his door. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which I also adhere to an open door policy with my fans. So I get it. That summons was so clever. I loved it. Me too, because he knocks on the door looking for Miss Lewis, which gives him an excuse to be in the building, and they're not suspicious. This is, there's a lot of Miss Lewis in this episode. Just she's the unspoken about star her. of this entire thing. She must be in cahoots with Ethel and Fred. Well, she gave them a cake, and then she they used her as a ruse. It's a generational battle. But don't you think that the process server was coached? Don't you think that at some point Ethel was like, tell him you're a fan and they'll let you in. 100%. The way to his heart. Well, and I think it was a dig of being like, oh, he's so vain that, oh, well, let's embarrass him for thinking that he has fans. I loved it. It was so savage. And that little actor, man. Yes, Harry Bartell, who will reoccur in seasons four and five. How often do people get served given summons? Because I feel like we see it a lot in TV. Yeah. Yeah, this was a very early reference to it. Right. I don't know. I just, I'm surprised that they included it. Mm-hmm. That that was a thing that they thought happened to people. Right. St- people still think it happens all the time, according right. to TV. I've never seen anyone get a summons. No, me neither. Ooh, Karina, I'm going to send you one. It's like a Valentine. <laughs> I don't. That's not. <laughs> that's not how that works. You I think need to that, sue you. For you think a it's the plancha day. guy coming over to drop off your tacos, <laughs> but it's actually your jury summons, like inside the guacamole. I would love a jury summons. Or not jury summons. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I wish jury summons. I would love one. Thank summons you. is kind of like someone sending you like a Valentine's Day gram, but not good. If if you were a summons officer. And you were also an Uber driver, and your way of delivering summons was just to remain near the house of the person until they ordered an Uber, and then you get matched with them. This is a brilliant idea. This, yes, I this think it seems like it will somehow be lucrative. Right. Or like... Well, you, you just, could be working both jobs at once. Right. Because <laughs> they're paying you to get served. That'll get rid of our national debt. <laughs> We're surplus. So we're in, after the summon scene, Ricky hands Lucy a written out statement that she's supposed to perform as unrehearsed as spontaneous testimony. Well, okay, so he won't let Lucy be in his show or a show or do anything involving performing, yet he will let her perform in the court of law. He'll let her perform perjury. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And he directed her to basically just make eyes at him and hit on a judge. Hollywood. And pull up her skirt. Hollywood people are out of touch. But the best was all of those stage directions are just an excuse for Lucy to make new funny faces. 
the oh snarling God. with the claw. Oh, it's <laughs> cracking. Claw. She like starts. She starts pawing at the air. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. And also it's like, who is that stupid? I just don't buy it for a second that she's Yeah, that's a good idea, honey. I'll do that. What are you doing? We always see sometimes she's brilliant. Right. She wrote an entire operetta. Granted, it wasn't the best. Or every scheme I feel like is usually brilliantly thought out. But there's certain things that I feel like more common sense, normal things where she's a little out of touch. Yeah. Well, to your point about Ricky never letting her perform, he's sanctioning this performance, so she probably wants to just show off a little true, bit. True, true. They made her look really silly, mm-hmm. and then it was just like really hard on the women, I think. It was not only that, but then they, they would make fun of Ethel when Ethel tried to be charming and like be flirtatious. They were like, shut it down. No, no one's not. No one is. Yeah, no ladies are the butt of the joke. Fred said- Which I'm sick of, yeah. Do you want to lose us this case? It's like- Ethel's gams are just as good as Lucy's gams. Right? I don't know what you're looking at. These broads with their gams. Yeah. (laughs) Days, months. I can't. I I literally can't. I don't know what he was looking at. It didn't make any sense. Maybe it's because he's not into Ethel, but that's not Ethel's problem. No. The judge might be. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't make judgments. So the judge. <laughs> Fred played, can't make judgments. The judge can make judgments of her game. The judge is played by Maroney Olsen, who starred on Broadway in The Cat and the Canary. He was also in three Three Musketeers films. And the film in 1935 also starred Lucille Ball. So they have a history. Oh, my goodness. So old pals reuniting <laughs> on TV. He was awful and then good. I didn't understand what the resolution, it felt very much like mansplaining in 1952, where it's like, all right, guys, I am a judge, so let me tell you what you've been doing wrong. And then he comes down and does exactly the same thing as Ricky. Well, I don't understand why the oath didn't sink in with the ladies, and they both committed perjury willingly and without, like, hesitation. And then when the judge says... Hey, by the way, perjury is $500 fine or 90 days in jail. They suddenly are like, oh, our memories. That's what I mean. They made the women look so stupid in this episode. Yeah. It made me sad. Also, I'm so surprised by how many brushes with the law this group has. <laughs> you know, the hijinks that they get into or the pickles that they get themselves into are pretty dramatic and get them in a lot of trouble. The law. This is no longer like low level hijinks. No, this is. Yeah, this is facing jail time. <laughs> Again. So, like, given the context of the world we live in, like, giving testimony. Uh, so, who's the special prosecutor in, in this, this world? I mean, I don't really know much about civil court. I get you can represent yourself. Mm, which so, is what Ricky's doing. And, and Fred's doing as the plaintiff. I'll show you a plaintiff. Ooh, I won my mock trial in fifth grade. See, you could represent yourself. <laughs> I do. No one else will. Did you notice when they had to when they called them to the stand, they called them by their married names? That's something that's changed. Mrs. Ricky Ricardo? Yeah, I don't think you say that. You can say Mrs. Lucy Ricardo, because mm-hmm. that's her last name. But not by the man name. Not by her husband's name. Oh, it was Mrs. Ricky Ricardo? And they said Mrs. Fred Mertz. That's like of Fred. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. <gasps> If Ethel were a handmaiden, she would be a Fred. (laughs) Lucy would be a Ricky. Although probably, mm -mm. I feel like, (laughs) this is so dark, but I feel like. mm, If you haven't watched Handmaid's Tale, then skip ahead. Yeah, maybe. Um, But I feel like they would maybe be, I feel like Fred and Ethel would be 
because they'd be lower, lower class. They would probably be Akana wives, which I don't know if we've gotten to that in the Well, there was a series. There was a storyline in the first season where Fred thought Ethel might be pregnant. But if they've been married for 25 years, then she's kind of aging out of the... So she would be a commander's wife. I don't think she would be a handmaid. I don't think so. But Lucy could be a handmaid. She could be. So imagine instead of a TV, they tried to give them a baby. Try to give them a <laughs> That's just way dark. So the judge brings out his own TV, which I thought they were going to do something with it. I thought like it was going to get broken, which it does. Yeah, but, but not I, in front of the couples. Yeah, I thought that like, you know, Lucy was going to trip or something. And then there are three TVs that are broken or or they were actually going to put the wires together and turn it on. Um, it's weird that everyone thinks these two loose wires need to be put together. And the judge doesn't believe them that that broke the first television. I don't think TVs are that simple. It's, yeah, it's strange. We forgot to talk about the most important thing, which is the other two fashion moments of this episode. Lucy's hat. In the courtroom. fringes in the back, which makes it look like she, have pig- she has pigtails from the front. Yeah, mm-hmm. or like a little mouse ears i don't know it was really the cut of it was really strange Mm -hmm. was super strange and then i also really loved ethel's entire court outfit because i think she looked very classy i liked her gloves if we're gonna talk fashion i want to shout out lucy's gingham dress Mm. when they're rehearsing Mm -hmm. the testimony because it's so darling gingham is in for spring fyi i read it on the internet so you know it's true and also it's just interesting that both of the men separately well no 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 Fred didn't encourage Ethel to use her feminine wiles but that that's like but he did tell her to lie because she told the exact opposite of the story that Ricky picked up Fred's foot and put it into the television well that's the thing is Ricky and Lucy's story was sensationalized for sure like it was very dramatic, but Ethel and Fred's was just straight up wrong <laughs> and right. un- and unbelievable. Yeah, and not no, n- yeah, not believable at all. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he just picked up my husband's foot. <laughs> Happens like every do. time. <laughs> it's like, how did that happen? And they both talked about a look of fiendish glee. <laughs> I think Ethel copied. Lucy. I think she did too. So I want I wanted to ask what we think happened back in that room because I don't think it ever. It would have been a third set, so I don't think it was a piece that was cut out of the episode. I think the yeah. original episode just had them leave and then come back all laughing and holding hands. Which I feel like is, is a really great example of a choice that you wouldn't you wouldn't do this anymore in television. You would, like, if there's something that's exciting, like, we as an audience want to see it. Like, Arguably, it would be the climax of the episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Them figuring it out. Uh, yeah, and probably them all in a room talking loud and talking over each other. And then maybe somebody makes a joke and breaks the tension. And deflates and, it. Yeah, yeah, something funny happens. Yeah, and then the fact that they just came out and we got the result of it rather than seeing how they came to it was, like, kind of disappointing. Seems like not great storytelling. Sorry, guys. And it was also it also felt kind of childish, too, where the judge is like, see, you know, I told you that. What did he say? You don't need friends are worth more than a TV set. Yeah, it just felt like a very childish message. Yeah. Very condescending. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're adults. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, obviously, 
they're not behaving. Like yeah, they're, yeah, right. and that's what got them into the court. But it just felt kind of silly to me. But what I did like is it did the end with the judge looking at the wires and connecting the t- them together and the TV breaking did feel like a t- like a tag like we know it today, which I really liked. Yeah, so that's one of the few times we're seeing that now at the end of Lucy episodes, which mm-hmm. there may be other tags and buttons mm-hmm. that we are not seeing because they got cut. But yeah. this is like, we got a real conclusion. We saw the reset. So next episode, when it opens and they're friends again, we don't feel like the last time we saw them, they were fighting. Totally. Right, yeah. And I also like that not only did it blow up, but then he then kicked his foot like through the screen. So it was the exact same process. It was, it was some interesting physical comedy for a guest actor. Right. <laughs> to be alone at the end of a Lucy episode. Yeah, you usually don't see that. You're yeah. right. Well, I guess also, like, a question I have is, like, in terms of, I feel like there are plenty of courtroom scenes that we've all seen on television, like, whether it be, like, Law and Order or The Practice or anything like that. But, like, what are other comedies that have been set in courtrooms? Well, the finale of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. The one I was thinking was Allie McBeal mm-hmm. as a modern-day Lucy. And that's, those are a lot of civil cases. Mm-hmm. Legally Blonde. Yes. The Allie McBeal reference, those tend to resolve in, it, sometimes it ends in mediation. That's more similar. Yeah. Allie, as a modern analog for Lucy, is a lot of the like, internal struggle and comedy is derived from like, this woman wanting so much. Well, she also does a lot of physical comedy in that so show. So much. And, and kind of everybody does, but especially her in the bathroom with the swinging of doors. And one of the guys at the law practice has this weird thing. He has a remote control that lifts his seat up before he gets the there and flushes the toilet so if you are in his stall and he's walking in he presses the button and whoever is on the toilet experiences that that's crazy i've never actually seen Allie. i watched it in college and then i watched it again a little bit it's a little difficult because she's like only cares about finding love she's like heartbroken and f- trying to find a man throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. and sometimes you do wish you're like you're a lawyer like you, you went live- to harvard law school like- yeah Get over yourself. Let's be more of a competent person who doesn't need a guy. There was this whole backlash when that show came out that it was, like, anti-feminist. And it was made by a man. It's David E. Kelly. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the other comedic courtroom scene I was thinking of was from my cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Oh, my God, Brent, it's, like, so up your alley. <laughs> Marissa Tomei in that movie. Yeah. is. She won an Academy Award for playing this like amazing New Jersey Italian woman. Oh my god! Who sits on the stand and she knows everything about cars. And a lot of people were comparing Sally Yates' testimony before Congress mm-hmm. to that scene from My Cousin Vinny, where she knows more than the people asking the question. Right, and she like very deliberately sort of just spells it out, and it's just like, oh shit. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting choice for Lucy to make, like having the two main parties in a sitcom show sue each other. It's not quite grounded in reality mm-hmm. i think is. it would be a very weird situation to get into with your like best couple friends your only friends <laughs> yeah and i think today if it happened today i think it would have ended in more of a mediation scene mm-hmm. than a courtroom scene yeah because that just seems so serious to have to go through the like f- filing papers process yeah and have it like on permanent record that you got into a disagreement and sued each other. It's over a television. It's a little crazy. Why does Ricky have so much courtroom experience? Has he been in the tr- in trouble with the law? I feel like he probably was as like a nineteen year old, <laughs> as a youth, as a like a you know, a young man. Next week we will be discussing redecorating. 
And we are very excited to have a special guest joining us. So stay tuned. If you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. And while you're at it, give us follows and engage with our awesome content on social media. You can find us at We Love Lucy Pod on Twitter. We Love Lucy Podcast on Instagram. And you can, you, if you have any thoughts or feelings you want to share with us, you can find us at WeLoveLucyPod at gmail.com. Listen, <laughs> all we have to say is that this week, learn from Lucy and don't sue your best friends. See you next time.